Hello. This is episode 5, part 2 of the podcast called Blood and Rain. I'm your host, Arthur Dane. How can you break a man who violently searches for his own breaking point every single day? Another man versus this man? Society versus this man? Nature versus this man, unspeakables versus this man. All will fail brutally and miserably. Man will see the other and laugh in the face of his attempts to tell him something he does not already know of himself. These attempts at trickery are worth tulips in fallen Holland. The man's all-consuming uproar of pure hilarity will in turn destroy the man who endeavored to take up the destruction of another. It's the failed torturer's shame that is his honest coffin. The crowd will scream, can't, and the lone man will see with a thousand eyes, and in turn engulf the crowd with their own mirrored projections of inadequacy. Oh, the shock of the truth they've all shoved upon a spotlight under a shattered guillotine's tower. Nature will come calling for its own tithe. Man will say, How can you call for a tithe from yourself? How could you so suddenly be so masochistic? This is swiftly strange and uncommon of you. For this man exhausted and amplified all nature within him and applied to him. The burning of his roots would indeed be the burning of its roots as well. Unspeakable things will come to frighten the man, and man will bear a face of stone. Nothing outside the sanctum could possibly surprise me now. I have tortured my mind with every scenario, every edge, every defeat, every surrender, every self-betrayal, every everything you could possibly imagine, and here you stand, nothing more than the embodiments of tales intended to keep rowdy boys disciplined. What could you possibly detach myself from spine with now? Tell me how! Look at you! You're boring me! Show me a surprise! The harder he smashed mirrors with fists, the stranger the nightmares he postulated, the deeper the dark waters he drowned in, the rougher the ropes of lifelines cut up his hands, the harder the specters battered his bones with steel, all things disintegrated around a singular truth. The only thing that can break such a man is him. That was today's post on the Blood and Rain Instagram account titled Breaking Point. I was looking over the journals I've had in the past. And there's a different voice that's still my voice, but it's of a different essence. It's that essence of the aggressive side of blood and rain. 
this was initially supposed to be just two parts. And now I'm at a point where I need to make it three. Because several weeks ago, I had a question at the end of episode three that I wasn't fully prepared to answer. I gave a half answer, in fact, and said I would get back to him. And that question was, how does one begin a path of blood and rain if they haven't already? I initially focused on just the start of his question, the beginning rather, and I spoke about declaring something to oneself, citing a video I saw of the Australian Muay Thai fighter, 10-time world champion Nathan Carnage Corbett, where he spoke of a time where he decided that he would become a knockout artist. He'd be the type of fighter who would finish fights, and he declared this to himself, and this is greatly important. Now, the declaration is indeed very important, but if one knows not what they're declaring, then it's a declaration into the wind. But in order to make this declaration fully possible, I'm tasked with answering the question, what is the path of blood and rain? Now, to answer this question, I first need to tell the story of how this iteration of Blood and Rain came to be. Because this is not the first. We can't know where we're going if we don't know where we came from. At least in my mind. The first iteration of Blood and Rain came around the same time that I wrote the poem called Blood and Rain that I recited in the first episode of the podcast. As I mentioned before, the poem began to emerge in the fall of 2017. It was fully manifested in April, just after Pascha, Orthodox Easter, in 2018. Right then and there, I decided to start an Instagram page, a separate Instagram page from my previous personal page called Blood and Rain. And it was uh, very similar to what you see now, except maybe a little less aesthetic and a little less refined, but still an essence of Blood and Rain nonetheless. It had much art, it had a lot of poetry, it had a lot of breakdowns of fighters. Had clips of Navy SEALs sharing their rugged wisdom. And it was a manifestation of blood and rain. Now around the same time that this poem manifested and this page manifested, there were other pieces of divine intervention that happened simultaneously. And these were things of truly gifted nature. However,
the further I pursued these gifts, these gifts that within themselves are divine, I began to lose my way. And that's no one's fault but mine. These gifts saw me lose my way, and they took me to New York City, away from Oakland. And in New York City, I essentially betrayed myself. I abandoned my pursuit of Muay Thai, I abandoned my eventual pursuit of mixed martial arts, and I abandoned one of the core essences that makes up my being, this essence of blood and rain. When I arrived in New York City, across the street from the place I was living in Brooklyn was a bar. And outside this bar was a bouncer. And this bouncer happened to be a fighter. And I walk up looking for a job. And he says to me, you're a martial artist, huh? And I says, how did you know that? He says, I can just tell, man. You training? He said, no, I'm not, I'm not training right now. He was like, man, you got to train, you're not going to feel right. I said, I ain't that the truth. He's like, I tried giving up training for, you know, my wife and kids, and then my wife asked me, what's wrong with you? And I said, oh, I'm not training, I don't feel right, I don't feel myself. You're not going to feel yourself, man. And I didn't listen because I thought I was doing the noble thing. I was making sacrifices for family. I was making sacrifices for these gifts. But in turn, I was sacrificing myself when self-sacrifice wasn't necessary. And I began to feel like more and more and more of a shell of myself. And this essence of blood and rain, I didn't realize was also a mode of defense and fortification. It prepared me for life's blows, so that I could respond to them in an anti-fragile way. I could discern the lessons and discard any nihilism that came as somewhat of a side effect. And I could overcome and become greater in these tragedies. And then in the winter solstice of 2018, while I was living in New York City, I received three tragedies simultaneously. I sustained a lower back injury. I sustained what I could only call a spiritual injury. And I very soon found out that a mentor of mine, a mentor who had helped me fully realize myself as much as I could that year, was diagnosed with stage 4 brain cancer.
This all happened around the time of what many believe to be the beginning of the ascension of consciousness, the ascension of global consciousness. And this ascension that, for many of you who follow my page and follow other pages like it, know that is undeniable. However, its initial transition was rough. All the people who were dwelling in the old ways suddenly were being consumed by themselves. They were eating themselves alive. And I was no exception. And typically with These kinds of tragedies, as I mentioned before, I was able to overcome with an anti-fragile response with this essence of blood and rain, but I had abandoned this essence. And these tragedies stuck, these tragedies struck to my core, and I gave up. I fell into depression, I fell into despondency, I fell into self-hatred, I fell into indifference, I lacked any and all passion, and I simply just was. A shell of myself wandering the various dense streets of New York City, of Brooklyn and Manhattan, and occasionally Queens. Not necessarily feeling sorry for myself, but essentially what one would call black-pilled in this sort of lingo that inhabits our sphere. I felt like a ghost. And it came to a point where, during these three tragedies I sustained, I had family and friends reach out to me asking if I wanted them to come visit me in New York to ease the pain. And I said no. I said I was the one who ventured out here. I was the one who conquered with Herculean efforts to get myself here. Any fragments I had left of myself, this essence of blood and rain, this essence of overcoming, this essence of creating art for overcoming, any fragments I had left, they all accumulated into one piece one entity for me to say no I'm going to take this on the chin for better or for worse one could argue in hindsight that it was worse but I said no stay home I need to take this on the chin alone and I spent Christmas alone in New York City
And this was no one's fault but mine. And I stayed out there. I stayed out there through 2019 into February. I didn't necessarily want to be there, but I wasn't about to give up right then and there. While I wasn't giving up, however, I was still going about things with the essence of a ghost, with the essence of a shell, with the essence of an aimless, wandering man. There's a reason why New York is used for a backdrop for Taxi Driver. There's a reason why New York is used as a backdrop for Joker. Because if you don't know who you are, you don't know where you're going, you don't have a why, New York will swallow you alive and haunt you at every single corner. It will not give you a quick death. With this stubborn effort to wedge myself out there, I came across an opportunity to receive a job that would have me very well established very quickly. And the way these sorts of jobs work in New York City, uh, you can't give a two-week notice for your other job and have this new startup wait the culture in New York will give you a response of, uh, mm, you gotta give me a two week, I'm sorry, I gotta go with the next guy then. There's a guy right behind you waiting to take your place. Regardless of this, holding on to any sense of honor, I said, I don't do this to people though. I don't care if that's the quote-unquote norm of morals in New York City. I give a two week notice, I don't leave people hanging. Plain and simple. So I preemptively, for better or for worse, nobody's fault but mine, gave a two-week notice for my job at the time in anticipation of receiving this job that was supposed to be days away. And then it was not indeed days away. And it got to a point where I was jobless and running out of money. And I signed a three-week sublet. And I said to myself, if I don't receive the job within these three weeks, I'm going home. I'm going back to Oakland. This is my final stand right here. In the dead of winter. Without a proper coat. Wearing layers and hoodies and denim jackets. In five degree weather. Five degree weather with snow at a time. I said, okay, this is my last stand. And to save money, I would go days without eating. I would keep myself in a meditative state in order to distract from hunger. When I was visiting potential other prospects in Manhattan while living in Brooklyn, I walked across the Williamsburg Bridge three miles home so I wouldn't have to pay subway fare. these all attempts at building a character I had lost 
And the three weeks had passed, and I had not received a job that was all but promised to me. And I bought a one-way plane ticket home to Oakland. Got a Uber to LaGuardia Airport. And headed on my flight to Denver for my layover. On the flight, I opened my email with the free Wi-Fi they had aboard. And I received an email regarding the final round of hires for this job. Saying I had to attend one more interview. And at this point, I had come to terms with the fact that While there are many things I do adore about New York, it is not a place that holds the same values, first and foremost, that I do. Quality food is a luxury in New York City. Exercise, quality exercise, is a luxury in New York City. I made many good friends, but it was all within the realm of nightlife, a realm that I realized... At least from 4 a.m. onwards, I wanted to get away from. And I had resigned myself to saying, okay, New York City's not for me, I'm headed home to regroup. I'm headed home to a place of trees. Things you don't bump into very much outside of Central Park when living in New York City. I returned home and I began to regroup. And I tried training a bit with further aggravation of the lower back and hip. And I fell deeper and deeper in despondency despite being in a better financial situation, despite being surrounded by loved ones, despite being home. And I spent the remainder of 2019 in that state of despondency, in that state of depression, in that state of indifference, in that state of self-hatred. With something inside me longing and reaching. Longing and reaching for this essence of blood and rain. This essence of return. And I indeed was taking the time to heal. I was. And many will say I needed it, and they're certainly correct. All the while, this original page of Blood and Rain became a personal page. Pictures of myself, pictures of my loved ones. Even the occasional ill-advised sports ball post. And it came to the lead-up of the year anniversary of my fall. Of the injury to my back physically and spiritually. The winter solstice of 2019. There was no essence of blood and rain and meditation on this winter solstice, but there was a glimmer of hope. 
there was a glimmer of, there was a flash of what my higher self, my highest self could be, once again. Something I had not seen for some time. And I began to rehab. Rehab of my own, strengthening it without the help of a professional. My lower back, that is. And my finances began to come together. My foundation was beginning to solidify into the new year of 2020. In the back of my head, though, this entire time, you're receiving... When you're receiving validation for a healing process from all who love you, all the while something in my being was was saying it doesn't matter that you're healing. It has never mattered that you're healing when it comes to one thing, and that's the fact that every day you chose to give up. So what? So what in the metaphorical realm of things you couldn't stand? You couldn't walk. But you could have crawled. And you didn't crawl. And that, maybe within a healing process for others, that's okay, but for me... For myself, that is just inexcusable. I despise just even thinking about it. I don't hate myself, but I hate the decisions I continually made day after day after day after day in that year. And 2020 rolled around, and by March, I was healed and I was very well established. And the week that I had infrastructure in place, the week I was filling up paperwork to fight in a tournament, COVID hit. And I lost both my jobs. And my cost of living was a Herculean effort to overcome, to say the least. But there was a part of me in the back of my mind that was almost like, I saw this coming. I got to this point of establishment and it all felt too easy. And it all felt that I just sort of sleepwalked through it. And you know, in the literal sense of things, sure it was deserved, I put in all the work, but I didn't... I didn't demand the best of myself. There was no essence of blood and rain. Giving everything. Facing down every dark water, every dark storm, every dark night. Resisting furiously. 
overcoming fearlessly. There was none of that. I sauntered through it. I sleepwalked through it. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous in my eyes, and it's ridiculous in my heart now. And so I was back to an even further square one. Many of my friends applied for unemployment and were being awarded $3,000 to simply do nothing. And sure, this would have put me in a better situation than the decision I wound up making, but instead, I chose the harder road. I chose the borderline self-destructive road. I chose to work minimum wage when minimum wage would barely cover my cost of living, let alone the cost of any other endeavors of growth. And I would do it again every single time. I'm able-bodied of sound mind. There is no reason why I should be paid $3,000 to simply do nothing. Give my unemployment to single mothers who need it. Give my unemployment to families who've lost everything with draconian government. They can have my money. They can have my unemployment. Me, I'll be fine. But in this minimum wage job, oh God, it's just the senseless chatter that came in my head of complaints. Constant complaining, constant moaning, constant droning. Sure, I did the decision, but still, within that decision, I was sleepwalking through it. I wasn't fully accepting it wholeheartedly. Then I came to a security job. And the security job gave me enough of a foundation and paid decently with benefits And I was beginning to build an infrastructure, build time, build a better schedule, and slightly better resources to begin expanding creatively, to begin expanding my knowledge as a personal trainer, my knowledge as a writer, begin building copywriting portfolios to establish a source of income that is not bound to one location. And things open for a time. And things close back down. And I simply came to a breaking point. Not the breaking point spoken of. In the beginning. In the beginning's reading. Not a breaking point that I experienced in the winter solstice of 2018. A breaking point... Of accepting despondency, of accepting all this nonsense. And finally, it was rejected. And despite uncertain circumstances for the future, I felt born again. And with that, I finally chose to crawl again. All I could do was crawl.
and I began crawling. Crawling towards a return. Crawling towards eventually standing, eventually walking, eventually running, eventually sprinting every single day towards becoming my greatest and highest self, not only for myself, but mainly for all those surrounding me in love and caring. And helping as many people as I can on this earth before my body is burned and my spirit is passed. So this page, this page of blood and rain, this second iteration, in truth is my expression of my return, my return to this essence, my return to this path of blood and rain. So when I receive a question of what is a path of blood and rain, I get somewhat thrown for a loop. I am putting I am thrown for a loop for putting into words outside of that poem to define clearly what blood and rain is, what an essence of blood and rain is, what a path of blood and rain is, because it is something I know of myself and something I know viscerally. And so I begin to meditate on this. Meditate on the words. Meditate on them in their truest form. Be as precise with them as a surgeon. I posted and wrote about the mindset of a surgeon for a reason. Surgeons are unrivaled when it comes to the art of precision. When you hear about a great performance in sports, in music, in fighting, the highest honor it's typically given, other than calling it otherworldly, is surgical. So precise, so exact, so, so close to perfect. So my attempts in meditation, in meditation in the traditional sense, in meditation through brutal physical training, in meditation through resisting negatively charged particles of music, I've begun to write these words of this scroll of blood and rain, refining them again 
and again and again and again. And they will be read to you. In part three of this podcast. I could not share these words with you, however, without explaining how Blood and Rain came to be and how Blood and Rain came to be once again. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. It's been humbling for so many of you to receive it so well. And it fills me with a sense of duty to continually grow the art of blood and rain, the art of overcoming every single day in mediums of the written word, in mediums of spoken podcasts and spoken discussions. And what some have called art therapy. So where I stand now with this rebirth of blood and rain born again is that I was initially born through deciding to crawl when all I could do was crawl. And as I go back and read those journals once again of this time where Blood and rain was thriving within me much higher. I can begin to write in this way again. And I feel... I feel blood and rain emerging once more. And this time, I will not abandon the path. Until then, for all of you who have no options but to crawl or not crawl, start crawling. Tomorrow I'll be recording the second part of a dual podcast with Evil Academy. And he'll be released this Sunday for Valentine's Day in honor of St. Valentine, the man who died for his faith, the man who laughed at his attempted torturers, much like the initial man of the first reading of this podcast laughed at all of his opponents. The man who crawls when all he can do is crawl is a man that cannot be broken. That is the beginning of the path of blood and rain. And the path of blood and rain in its entirety will be read in the third and final part of episode 5 this Monday. Until then, good night, good storms, and start crawling. Thank you.